0: eternal, righteous and invisible Father in heaven glory be unto your name Father for the blessing you've given to us in giving us the privilege of life our sins are ever before us and we know Lord that if we were to be treated according to what we deserve we are not to be among the living and so we see our life as a testimony an evidence of your faithfulness Your love and your goodness. Much more than that, you've even provided for us the basic necessities of life and you've sent your words to us, giving us spiritual blessings through your Spirit. Lord, you are so good. And we pray that we shall respond to your goodness and that your goodness will lead us to repentance. There's a lot we can do in transforming our lives and being consecrated to your service, and we pray that as we go through the words of our devotion right now, that it shall help us to cut off from ourselves characters that are hindering us from reflecting that image of Christ. Put your words in my mouth. Give me grace, Lord, to walk in the way of righteousness and truth and to speak words that will bless all your children. Do this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. CONFLICT AND COURAGE, DECEMBER 8 Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for I find him a useful assistant. Second Timothy 4, verse 11 Mark's mother was a convert to the Christian religion, and her home at Jerusalem was an asylum for the disciples. Mark proposed to Paul and Barnabas that he should accompany them on their missionary tour. He felt the favor of God in his heart and longed to devote himself entirely to the work of the gospel ministry. Their way was toilsome. They encountered hardships and privations and were beset with dangers on every side. But Paul and Barnabas had learned to trust God's power to deliver. Their hearts were filled with fervent love for perishing souls. As faithful shepherds in search of the lost sheep, they gave no thought to their own ease and convenience. Forgetful of self, they faltered not when weary, hungry, and cold. They had in view but one object, the salvation of those who had wandered far from the fold. Mark Overwhelmed with fear and discouragement, wavered for a time in his purpose to give himself wholeheartedly to the Lord's work. Unused to hardships, he was disheartened by the perils and privations of the way. He had yet to learn to face danger and persecution and adversity with a brave heart. As the apostles advanced and still greater difficulties were apprehended, Mark was intimidated and losing all courage refused to go farther and returned to Jerusalem. This desertion caused Paul to judge Mark unfavorably and even severely for a time. Barnabas, on the other hand, was inclined to excuse him because of his inexperience. He felt anxious that Mark should not abandon the ministry, for he saw in him qualifications that would fit him to be a useful worker for Christ. In after years, His solicitude in Mark's behalf was richly rewarded, for the young man gave himself unreservedly to the Lord and to the work of proclaiming the gospel message in difficult fields. Under the blessing of God and the wise training of Barnabas, he developed into a valuable worker. Paul was afterward reconciled to Mark and received him as a fellow laborer. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Dropout Made Good The dropout being referred to here Is a man called John Mark He is the one who authored The second book in the New Testament That is called the book of Mark In the book of Mark 14 verse 51 and 52 The day that Jesus was taken from Gethsemane There is a very strange story there it says and there followed him a certain young man having a linen cloth cast about his naked body and the young men laid hold on him and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked this mysterious young man who fled naked was known by Jesus apparently this man had a weakness and like he says was a young man Jesus was working on him and will make him a powerful evangelist himself He's not a mystery actually he is known as john mark john mark was from a family that was quite well to do and they believed in jesus his mother's name was mary she is one of the women who stood afar off in sorrow and pity witnessing the crucifixion of jesus she was among those who prepared the spices to anoint the body of jesus the home of this family that's john mark's family was usually used as a meeting house for the disciples to gather and pray. I believe that it is their their house that is known as as the upper room. I think it was here that the last supper was taken and also it was here that the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples on the day of Pentecost. It was also here that the disciples stayed to pray for Peter when he was imprisoned by Herod. In the book of Acts 12 verse 12 it says, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house, as Peter came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, that's John Mark, whose son was Mark, where many gathered together praying. The evidence that John Mark and his mother were strong believers in Jesus and supporters of the ministry abounds, but John Mark had a lingering problem. When jesus told the parable of the sower he mentioned four different categories of hearts he talked about the seed falling on the wayside on the stony ground among thorns and on a good ground the one on the stony ground jesus said in mark chapter 4 verse 16 these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Here it is that Mark found himself described among the soil that was the stony ground. He received the word with joy. And he loved Jesus from his heart, genuinely. He loved the truth and desired to practice it. But affliction was not his strong suit. Bearing affliction was not his strong suit. When Paul and Barnabas came to Jerusalem and spent some time with the apostles there, Mark had a prompting from the Holy Spirit to join them and be a minister to them. Acts 12 verse 24 and 25 says, But the word of God grew and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem, when they had fulfilled their ministry, and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. The work of Paul and Barnabas was not one that was easy. They endured much hardships, as they labored in word and doctrine. There were many inconveniences that they had to learn, and Mark was with them ministering to them in acts 13 verse 5 says, and when they were at salamis they preached the word of god in the synagogues of the jews and they also heard and they had also john that's john mark to their minister when the word is saying minister john was doing a work for them john mark was helping them as a minister to their needs which is very a very important work he would help them in the domestic duties help them maybe in cooking go on errands wash and do their domestic works for these men it was a work that they appreciated so much if you have ever been in the work of the ministry you would so appreciate those who help you with these other works whether it's to cook the food to go on errands their their help is just so invaluable they relieve you of so much stress and that is what john mark was doing for paul and Barnabas. he was relieving them of so much stress but Mark was not enjoying the other things that were coming with the work. Not that he didn't want to help, but the hardship, the inconvenience, the privation, the affliction was too much for him to bear. He felt inadequate to bear the hardness involved in the missionary work. He wasn't finding it easy. To understand this kind of hardship, you just read in Second Corinthians 11, Reading from verse 23 downward to 28 and you see some of the things that Paul passed through. I'll just read maybe from verse 26. Paul said, In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the hidden, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness in watchings often in hunger and thirst in fastings often in cold and nakedness beside those things that are without that which come upon me daily the care of all the churches so there you have it that is the kind of life that paul was living i'm not even talking of the persecution i'm talking of the hardship peril there means as they were going there was always danger lurking around the corner as they were going on their missionary works because they travel a lot. Even if you travel today, like on the road, there are always robbers on the road. There are kidnappers. There are thieves. Then there are people who are, in the days of Paul, against him for what he was preaching, who wants to attack him. These things were too much for John Mark. He couldn't endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord. He loved Jesus, no doubt, But his love of ease was greater than his love for Jesus. So he departed from the mission work, leaving Paul and Barnabas without a helper. Reading from the Spirit of Prophecy in Acts of the Apostles, page 169, paragraph 2 and 3, it says, Paul and his company continued their journey going to Perga in Pamphylia. Their way was toilsome. They encountered hardships and privations and were beset with dangers on every side in the towns and cities through which they passed and along the lonely highways they were surrounded by dangers seen and unseen but Paul and Barnabas had learned to trust God's power to deliver their hearts were filled with fervent love for perishing souls as faithful shepherds in search of the lost sheep they gave no thought to their own ease and convenience forgetful of self they faltered not when weary hungry and cold They had in view but one object, the salvation of those who had wandered far from the fold. It was here that Mark, overwhelmed with fear and discouragement, wavered for a time in his purpose to give himself wholeheartedly to the Lord's work. Unused to hardship, he was disheartened by the perils and privations of the way. He had labored with success under favorable circumstances. But now, Amidst the opposition and perils that so often beset the pioneer worker, he failed to endure hardness as a good soldier of the cross. He had yet to learn to face danger and persecution and adversity with a brave heart. As the apostle advanced and still greater difficulties were apprehended, Mark was intimidated and losing all courage, refused to go farther and returned to Jerusalem end of quote. you see as i go through this it's sad really because i know people who have in one way or another in various ways like i said done this thing that john mark did they love jesus they love the truth but they struggle they struggle because of the perils and they become i like that word they're intimidated and then they lose all courage as they see the work And the greatness of it they feel like I cannot give what is required to do this work I'm not the one that is cut out for this in Acts chapter 13 verse 13 it says now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos they came to Perga in Pamphylia and John departing returned to Jerusalem his departure was certainly keenly felt he was lightening the burden for these men but He did not consider what harm he was doing to them when he left. All he was thinking of at this time was himself and not these men of God. He may also have felt inadequate for the work. Yes, he did. And so he left leaving Paul and Barnabas with a much greater burden than that which they would have had were he to be around. You know what was going on in John Mark's mind was he felt I'm not the one for this job they need somebody better than me it's not necessarily that he went after the world or he loved worldliness no he felt himself inadequate for the work he felt when he looks at Paul and Barnabas and how they are bearing the temptation how they are bearing the cold and the perils and the kind of faith they had to go through various circumstances and he checks himself and sees that he's not able to have the same faith that they had when he sees them eating meager meals or sometimes they go without food and they are still cheerful they don't have a problem with it he feels intimidated by the fact that these men have such great faith and also feels intimidated by the temptation by the perils he feels it is too much for him to bear and not that he went into the world to follow after the world but he left them because he felt this is not the kind of work that I am supposed to be doing I'm not cut out for something like this. There are lessons for us to learn here because we all find ourselves in one way or another in the shoes of John Mark. Hardship does something to us. It tests the extent of our love for Jesus. Mark was not willing to carry the cross for Jesus to that extent. He knew he was supposed to but he wasn't willing to do so at the time. We also virtually say the same thing when because of hardship, the hardship that we encounter while following Jesus, we compromise our faith or choose to avoid unfavorable circumstances for Christ's sake. Even today, the cause of God is in need of men and women who will leave their comfort zones to do the work Mark was doing. Paul and Barnabas had no wife and they needed someone to assist them who would minister to them. This was Mark's role, but he left it and made life difficult for these men. As long as you do it to one of the least of these, my brethren, said, Jesus, you have done it unto me. It was Jesus that Mark was living to a, a certain degree. But this, the, what Mark did wasn't as if it was so blatantly evil, like he, loved, he hated Jesus. No, no. It was the intimidation that caused him to live. But we also, sometimes we are intimidated. Sometimes God may call us for a certain work, missionary work per se, and we feel intimidated. I know other people who have felt intimidated when they see the work, and sometimes they make these comparisons between themselves. They feel intimidated by the others who have advanced in spiritual things, and how they are able to bear temptation and affliction. And they say to themselves, can I ever get to this point? We are not to think that way. And I say again, I know people who have done that. I mean, long ago, they they come to the evangelisms and they see how others are bearing temptation and they look at the temptation themselves, the affliction, and they are feeling like, can I do this? Sometimes the food is not what they would have wanted and they are wondering, can I eat this? Is it possible for me to sleep in the cold like this, to bear all this affliction? And then they leave the work. But is it really God's plan for them to live like that? I do not think so. God is in need of everybody who would consecrate themselves. Any, As far as there are people who are willing and ready, the Lord is ready to work with you. What Mark should have understood is that God is able to build our faith. It was on the job that he was to learn. Going back to Jerusalem would not give him the qualifications that he needed. It is not a theoretical teaching to learn to have faith in God. It is when we are put out there in the practical life that we learn it. It was through experience that Paul and Barnabas had learned to trust the Lord and lose sight of self. If Mark had remained there, through the experiences that he passed through, he would have, after some time, even though at the beginning stage, he saw that he was intimidated, if he had waited the same experience that Paul and Barnabas had passed through in their past, he would have passed through the same thing and he would come as gold. But running to Jerusalem was not going to help him by any means. Going to Jerusalem would not have brought out those characters that were needed for that work. It was on the work itself that he was to develop that character. And we should learn the lesson. You may see yourself unqualified for a certain work. Where are you going to get the qualification? Away from the work? If you run away from that work, how can you be qualified? It is on the work while you are doing it that the qualification needed for that work will be given to you. Do you lack patience while you are doing that work? You don't go to school to go and learn patience and say, Oh, let me go and learn patience. I go and sit down in a classroom in Jerusalem and say, Okay, teach me patience. No. It is while you are there on the work that you learn the patience. Are you one who is perhaps you feel like you are not hard working? It is right there while you are doing the work. Because of the necessities, what do we usually say? Necessity is the mother of invention. If there's no need for hard work, how would you work hard? But only when you are put in a place where you see that if I don't work hard, I will die. That's when you will learn to work hard. Only when you are put in a position where you realize that if I'm not patient, I will lose important lessons and lose my blessings. Then you will see the necessity of patience and you will learn patience. If you are put in a position where you realize that unless I learn to be hard, to endure affliction, to endure privation, to endure hunger, I will not survive. Unless you are put in such a position, you will not learn to endure hunger. Unless you are put in a position where you need to cook the right kind of food, if you are still in your comfort zone where nobody is tasting your food, you will not learn to do that work very well and cook that food very well so that you would get better at cooking unless you are put in a position where you need to preach the word of god faithfully for others to learn you will not exert yourself to study and memorize scripture so that you can preach to others if you stay in your comfort zone and say well i just need to know the bible you'll find out that you won't grow but when you go out for evangelism to teach others it is in trying to teach others that you yourself will learn that thing that you think you don't have you don't learn it in your comfort zone Go out there into the highways and byways. You may not be the best person at the beginning, but while you are there, you will grow, you will learn, and you will become better. Doing work what, what Mark did is not the solution. Running away from the responsibility is not what will help you. You cannot get the qualification outside the job. It is in the job that you get the qualification. I'm saying this because people get intimidated by the work because they see in themselves no qualification does that mean you shouldn't go ahead go ahead oh I've never preached before when we really learn to preach is it why remaining in Jerusalem go out there into the highways and byways and preach begin small however you know it and then grow Paul and Barnabas were on another level compared to John but that doesn't mean that they cannot work together Who who should Paul and Barnabas work with someone like themselves no they needed somebody like John Mark, who is not up to their level, yes, but they were supposed to train him, which is what Paul later did with Timothy. He trained him, and Timothy rose up to be like Paul much later. Timothy was not intimidated by Paul's knowledge. Neither was he intimidated by the stress and perils that he was passing through. He, he bore it with Paul, and it was cheerfully borne. And the knowledge of Paul was just something he could learn from. He wasn't intimidated by it. There are some people who are intimidated when they go for evangelism and every other person is giving contribution, they are looking left and right and only day, they can't give any contribution and they are intimidated. They start to cry for themselves and they feel like, where am I? What am I? Why am I here? I know a brother who had that experience and whenever any question is asked, he doesn't know the answer and every other person there could give one answer correctly and he's looking at this, this person. This person knows everything. Wow. What did he do? He ran away like John Mark. He hasn't come back till today. He's been over 10 years Because he felt intimidated. Let us not feel intimidated. We look at John Mark and look at Timothy. They were in the same condition. Timothy did not know much, but he didn't feel intimidated by peril or by knowledge. He stayed there and he learned. But John Mark felt intimidated by the perils and he left. But But thank God that that's not the end of John Mark's story but we've learned the lesson which is do not let intimidation to make you run away from the work do you see yourself unqualified stay there and learn that is how you learn later on there was an incident that needed um, Barnabas and Paul to go back to Jerusalem when they went back to Jerusalem um, they were about to leave and they met John Mark there of course because jerusalem when you go to jerusalem you mark's house is a place that people always go to it has been known since the days of jesus as the resort place for the disciples so it's inevitable that when paul and barnabas goes to jerusalem they must meet john mark when they went there they saw him and they were about to leave barnabas had a different mindset from paul reading here from acts 15 from verse 36 it says and some days after paul and barnabas Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname name was Mark. You see, Mark was willing once again to go with Paul and Barnabas. He was not begged. Of his own will, he came and met Paul and Barnabas and told them of his desire to follow them again. Or Barnabas might have talked him into it again. Reading from Acts 15 verse 38, now it says But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Paphilia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren, unto the grace of God. So Paul was not going to have any of it because the truth is that when someone has disappointed you like that, the truth is if you are following your reason and wisdom, you don't want to put, that, put yourself with somebody like that. You can't depend on where you are moving together and the person just fails you in the middle of the journey. That was what John Mark did to Paul. And Paul was not going to take chances with John Mark anymore. He said, no way, I'm not going to work with John Mark because he left us before maybe you may not get the full picture but you need to understand when you have taken someone along with you and you are about you are doing a work, and you think that oh we have the same mindset we are both committed to this thing and then the next thing in the middle of it the person just disappoints that was what happened to Paul and Paul felt this is not right I cannot trust this man he's going to do it again and so he didn't take Bajon Mark with him but should he have done that I don't know had had John Mark said no he wasn't going to do that I really don't know but Barnabas on the other hand had a different mindset he wanted to train John Mark he wanted to train him but because Paul would not agree Barnabas had to take John Mark to Cyprus and Paul had to take Silas with him you see like we read before and I'm reading this time from Acts of the Apostles page 170 paragraph 1 it says the desertion caused that's this desertion when Mark left them Cost Paul to judge Mark unfavorably, and even severely for a time. Barnabas, on the other hand, was inclined to excuse him because of his inexperience. He felt anxious that Mark should not abandon the ministry, for he saw in him qualifications that would fit him to be a useful worker for Christ. In after years, his solicitude in Mark's behalf was richly rewarded, for the young man gave himself unreservedly to the Lord and to the work of proclaiming the gospel message in difficult fields. Under the blessing of God and the wise training of Barnabas, he developed into a valuable worker. End of quote. Amen. The attitude of Barnabas here is a very important one for us. Even though he knew Mark to be inexperienced, as long as he was willing to go with them, Barnabas was willing to carry him along. Because Barnabas wasn't necessarily looking for somebody who was experienced or who could bear everything. He knew that Bob Marmar couldn't bear it. What he wanted to do was to teach him how to do that which he could not do. You see, it was risky business, yes. As far as Paul was concerned, it was. If Mark had repeated what he did earlier, he would have put Barnabas in difficult condition. Paul was not taking chances, but Barnabas was willing to. Barnabas was in no deception here. He was willing to teach Mark. He had counted the cost it is possible mark will desert me if i take him but he was he had counted the cost and felt even if he deserts me i'm willing to train him if he deserts me at the end i will bear it that was what barnabas was virtually saying mark also was willing to be taught now before he thought himself unable to do the work and he was intimidated by the perils and perhaps also by the strength of paul and barnabas and it was true that that was the case but when he failed to, What he failed to understand was that there was room for learning. Barnabas understood this and took Mark with him. In laboring with Barnabas, the once timid and fearful and intimidated Mark became an apostle also, laboring far greater than he did before. He became a valuable help for even Paul. You see, when Paul was in prison, in his last letter which he wrote to Timothy, Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 4 verse 9 and 10, he says, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me. And in verse 11 he says, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. Amen. Reading from the book, Acts of the Apostles, page 454, paragraph 2 and 455, we are told, Among Paul's assistants at Rome were many of his former companions and fellow workers. Luke, the beloved physician who had attended him on the journey to Jerusalem through the two years' imprisonment at Caesarea and upon his perilous voyage to Rome was with him still. Timothy also ministered to his comfort. And then going on it says, Since the earlier years of his profession of faith, Mark's Christian experience had deepened. As he had studied more closely the life and death of Christ, he had obtained clearer views of the Savior's mission, its toils and conflicts. Reading in the scars in Christ's hand and feet the marks of his service for humanity and the length to which self-abnegation leads to save the lost and perishing, Mark had become willing to follow the master in the path of self-sacrifice. Now, sharing the lot of Paul the prisoner, he understood better than ever before that it is infinite gain to win Christ. Infinite loss to win the world and lose the soul for for whose redemption the blood of Christ was shed. In the face of severe trial and adversity, Mark continued, steadfast, a wise and beloved helper of the apostle. Amen. You see, this lesson is for us. Firstly, if we do not see in ourselves qualification for the work of God, do not despair. But in self-distrust, depend on God and be willing to learn instead of running away from the privilege afforded you to be one who would be a co-laborer with God rather grab the opportunity and seek to learn on the job do not be overwhelmed or intimidated by the amount of work and the qualifications needed for the work but in self-distrust and confidence on God lay hold on the work trusting God to bless it And this was what Mark finally learned. So you may be in a condition now where you are like John Mark. Do not be intimidated. Do not run away from the affliction that comes in serving the Lord. And for others, it is not just about affliction, it is persecution. Do not let persecution make you run away from the work. If we will behold the cross, because this was where Mark was perhaps not getting it right. If we can understand what Jesus has done for us dying on the cross of Calvary for our sins and all the pain he passed through when he was here on earth could it be that after knowing that we will still think it to be too much for us to suffer for his sake no if we would only behold Christ as we should and contemplate that he died for us when he calls us to do work for him even if we are not qualified that love that is in us will make us feel lord qualify me even though i see myself no qualification but i know that you can do it qualify me so that i can do the work instead of running away because to run away is very heartbreaking to jesus that you know there's a work he's calling you to do but you don't want to do it and you don't want to exert yourself. For christ's sake you love your ease more than you love christ you love your comfort and convenience more than you love jesus you love him yes but you won't hazard yourself for his sake you won't suffer embarrassment for his sake you won't suffer shame what is the embarrassment i'm saying here that is actually going to the work and being embarrassed because you find out that i don't know as much as i'm supposed to know that's how it was for mark he was facing the embarrassment being intimidated in the work But he wasn't willing to suffer more of that and he left. But later, beholding Christ, he laid hold on the plow and he did the work. Have you run away from the work because of this same thing? Or you are feeling intimidated even now and that's why you don't want to go ahead to do the work that the Lord wants you to do? Learn from the life of John Mark that it is true you may feel intimidated because of your lack of knowledge right now or because of your inability to bear affliction but give it some time and you realize that that which intimidates you today the Lord will give you the grace to subdue you will, be, you will receive strength and power from him to face the perils and dangers that are, that comes in the way of those who serve the Lord and you will receive strength and grace to also preach the word in season and understand his word and be a mighty worker for the Lord if you would respond to the call of the Lord, you'll be giving yourself the highest blessing and you'll be taking advantage of the greatest privilege ever brought to man. But if you recoil and run away from it, oh my, you are denying Christ to a very great extent and you are cutting yourself out of a blessing that the Lord has freely given to you. You see, opportunities do not come every time. I remember the story of Ellen White. William Foy and Hazel Force. Two of them, Hazel Force and William Foy, were called for the work at first. The opportunity came to them, and for good reasons in their own mind, for good reasons, they refused. One said, Oh, I'm a black man, they will not necessarily accept me. And the other one, felt unqualified and felt oh I can't do this work and he was running away from it as though feeling unqualified is a virtue as though that response I mean of saying oh I'm unqualified Lord find somebody else is a virtue one of them I believe is a force was lost because he refused to accept the responsibility given to him there are some of us who the Lord has chosen to do a work for him in his vineyard and that is the way that you save your soul But in rejecting that work, you will be lost forever. You don't know that. You may reject that work, and that work would have been the only means for you to be saved. And once the opportunity comes and goes, it is gone, sometimes, forever. Reading from Ministry of Healing, page 397, paragraph 2, we are told, Life is mysterious and sacred. It is the manifestation of God himself, the source of all life listen now, precious are its opportunities and earnestly should they be improved once lost they are gone forever end of quote the Lord may present to you an opportunity to work for him like he presented to William Foy, Hazel Force. and once they lost it it was gone forever if you don't accept it, there will be people who can accept it and if you think that your reason for not accepting it is good enough, no, it's not good enough because you're rejecting just like John Mark, you're rejecting of the work, Is actually not. you're not actually saying, oh Lord, I can't, you're actually saying God, you can't do you not know God, if you feel, oh I can't no problem, God knows you can't already of course he does know that before he called you but then, he's saying, I will qualify you, so you don't have a problem if you keep insisting, no Lord, I can't you inst- you're actually indirectly saying Lord, you can't you can't help me you can't make me become what i need to be so if you are thinking that oh it's a good reason for me to leave because i cannot do this work it is not a good reason and you may lose your opportunity of being in the kingdom of god forever as it was for hazel force you may be lost completely lost i remember hazel force how to had to make a lamentation on how he was lost because he refused to answer the call that God gave to him when Ellen White herself was called. She also felt that same inadequacy for the work. But she accepted it by faith, knowing that the Lord who called her will qualify her. She accepted it. She didn't run away from it and say, "Oh, I can't do it, Lord. Find somebody else. And if she had done that, the Lord would certainly find somebody else. But guess what? When you do that, <laughs> when you do that, it's a real trouble in the soul because rejecting that opportunity may be rejecting your whole um eternal destiny i pray that we won't do that if the lord calls you for a work think about it and ensure that you don't lose your eternal destiny out of intimidation and fear and because you cannot trust god to qualify you and to me some kind of but people won't see you know pride has a different ways of showing itself It can show itself in haughtiness and it can also show itself in self-pity. There's a kind of pride that shows itself in self-pity. And that's one kind of thing that people do today. the pride is shown in self-pity. Oh no, I can't, I can't. But you're actually spiting God when you say that because He called you and He's telling you I'll qualify you, but yet you are you don't want Him to, and you're saying I can't. The Lord will go to someone else, and if He does, opportunity is gone. I pray that we won't lose our opportunities, but and we will not be intimidated but I will trust in the Lord to qualify us for the work that he has called us to do and that we would like Mark lay hold on the plow and change from those who are intimidated and grow in grace and become powerful in the Lord let us pray dear father in heaven I commit every one of us unto your care perhaps there are some listening who they themselves understand that the Lord is calling them for a work, even if it is just to keep your commandments or to do a special work in collaboration with you and they are intimidated by it trying to run away please lord help us not to lose our destiny because we lost the opportunity you gave us to be co with you give us grace to walk in the way of righteousness and truth that we may learn on the job how to be qualified to do the work that you have called us to do is there someone out there who has made this mistake of running away please have mercy lord have mercy and give them the grace to press on and do this work like John Mark, to come back and take the responsibility given to them that they may do the work faithfully and well. Thank you Lord for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen.